What is up, Red Shirts Dynasty podcast listeners? Hey, quick note, we're about to talk to you for an hour, but if you want to talk to us, get in the Patreon, because it is the most awesome place to chat, not only with us, but with a bunch of other, I think close to 40 or 50 right now, fantasy football players, patreon.com slash ballblast, you will get added in the Slack chat, no matter what tier you go with, and there's a lot of cool things in the other tiers, so check it out. And now we get to the regular scheduled programming. Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Uh, I I've noticed something, John. What have you uh, noticed? Having having to play the bets role means that when our intro is playing, I'm not doing the crazy dancing that I normally do. I've noticed that you're uh, uh, you're more studious. Like there's, yes, there's a little more pressure on you. There is. Um, it feels like I have to be like Grandpa Bets and yeah. be boring. So absolutely. So I'll just hold down the role of lovable yeah. idiot. Um, <laughs> I play that role well. And uh, let you be the responsible one. Fortunately for our listeners, they don't technically miss out because I'm pretty sure those don't even make it onto YouTube. Although maybe one day there will be a compilation of us dancing in the background. I think there should be. Um, that yeah. should be something that we do. We need to go back through all of the like backstage recording clips that we have and put together an edit of uh, really just you and I. I don't think Betts has ever oh, yeah. once. No. Ever once. That's what I'm saying. It's Grandpa Betts. Yeah. Grandpa Betts. Who's now right, married? Well, a, oh, uh, a fine sir, yeah. now newlywed with his lovely bride, still basically, out. Basically, well on his way to actually being Grandpa Betts at this point. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, he, uh, he's emerged into the group text uh, a few times. True, true. For about three minutes, and then disappeared yep. again. Uh, they so, leave for their honeymoon. Today is Monday. They're leaving on Tuesday tomorrow. And then they'll be back this weekend. And, uh, yeah, we're happy for them. Yeah. We will have one more show after this where there is no bets, uh, everybody. But then he will be back and I can go back to being an idiot. True. Um, uh, like John said, it is Monday evening. When you hear this, it will be... Wednesday? I believe so, yes. Wednesday is the release date for this pod. Um, and there will probably be some more news than even what we're about to cover... But we will get into that briefly. Before we do, just a reminder. Follow the Red Shirts accounts on social media at Red Shirts FF Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Follow both of us, by the way, at Matt Okada, at Dynasty Beard. Uh, John's tweeting all kinds of stuff about the other ball sports that are happening right now. So if you're interested in those. Mm, it is and I'm true. tweeting basically nothing. But you can still DM me if you want. Yes. Uh, uh, also follow... Bets at the Fantasy PT. Yeah, that guy. That, that schmuck. Mm -hmm. um, I am interested in baseball. I am interested in basketball. There's lots of good stuff happening with live sports back on the television. So if you want to talk about any of those live sporting events, I'm happy to talk. Including the Red Sox sucking, right? Oh, don't you <laughs> dare. Ooh, oh. Let's get into the news. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh. Got news? Hey, news, 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 news,
Um, speaking actually of the Red, Red Sox sucking, let's talk about their neighbors, the New England Patriots. Yes, let's. Who, this has really nothing to do with them sucking, although maybe a little bit. Uh, they have placed Sony Michelle and Mohamed Sanu both on PUP, the physically unable to perform list to start camp. Um, not great for, especially for Sony. Obviously, we expected him to be the primary ball carrier in New England this season. Uh, after some, I guess you could say disappointing, I would say a little subpar first couple seasons after being drafted in the first round, was a potentially very valuable dynasty asset. Now, lots of concerns. The injury concerns certainly have been there. We don't have bets on here to tell you exactly what they are, but what we do know is that he's starting camp on Pup. Not a great sign. If this potentially carries into the season, which it may, or even if it just makes him less effective and he's you know available to start games, John, what is your interest right now in Damian Harris? Uh, very, very much so interested in Damian Harris. Um, I thought he was a really nice prospect um, out of Alabama. Um, enjoyed him a lot. Kind of got lost in the shuffle, buried in the depth chart last season. Only saw like a handful of carries on the season in his rookie season. Um, but I think that with everything that's going on with Sony, I think he's going to get a crack at it. I think he's going to get an opportunity to start a game or two as the first running back, you know, out there on the field, getting majority of the carries and, and they're going to see what they have. Um, you know, you don't invest a high draft capital in a running back without seeing what the talent level is. Sony's been battling injuries, you know, for the last year looked really just not confident in his cuts last season with those injuries. Um, so I think that Damian Harris his ADP is only going to continue to rise as we get closer to September and there's more and more chatter about that backfield and, and Sony's injuries. So I'd, I'd uh, be happy to go get him right now um, and, uh, and see what happens. See if they give him a, give him a good workload. Yeah. Uh, also just a refresher for people, because I think we ever, pretty much everybody has forgotten Josh Jacobs was the secondary Alabama running back. Yes, Mr. RB1 Dynasty Darling Josh Jacobs was behind Damian Harris for most of his uh, collegiate career. So I also like him. I think he has a future there in New England and potentially on your fantasy roster. So I'd be certainly willing to go maybe make some offers on him. I, I imagine that the price will be pretty decent right now considering the news. But if you believe in him as a prospect, it might be worth paying that price. Also, just as a note, the Patriots tend to, mess, you know, mix up their running backs a lot, things right. will be all over the place, but what they also do is score touchdowns with their running backs, and I think Damian Harris is going to be the odds-on guy to score a lot of those touchdowns, so potentially very valuable asset. Also, James White. Yes, please. Oh my gosh, if you are a dynasty contender, I don't think we mentioned him at all in our trade for didn't. these guys if you're a mm. dynasty contender, but if you're in a, if you're, I would... I would offer a high second, I think. Woo. If I was a contender to get James White right now, listen, uh, Kyle Borgnoni, Borg uh, editor extraordinaire of the Fantasy Footballers, puts out articles about, and Betts has mentioned these many times before, where the targets tend to go when, they're, when receiving options are gone, and it's typically to the running back position. The Patriots have already been thrown to the running back position for a long time. James White has been a huge proponent and uh, beneficiary of that. 
he's like an RB. He's like an RB sixteen every year in PPR. Yeah, because of his receptions without like carrying the ball at all. A hundred percent. Yeah. And this is now no Sanu. He may get more snaps as a running back with Michelle out. Uh, we don't know what's Mar- going to happen with Nikhil Harry. Marquise Lee also opted out on the season, who was a new addition to that wide receiving room. It's like yeah. Jacoby Myers and Nikhil Harry, and like that's yeah. and, and Edelman. But yeah, um, James White's going to get a lot of volume, um, yeah. at least in the passing game. And with what's going on at the running back position, he might get a little more carry there than we're used to seeing as well. He's a screaming value. Uh, also, one other name of slight interest, especially for Dynasty, Rashad Penny also starting camp on pump for pump, pump. on pump <laughs> for this uh, a pump you up on the pump for the Seahawks. <laughs> um, we didn't really expect him to get any uh, lead role work, even if he was healthy, and we also kind of expected this a little bit more maybe than Michelle. But with this being the case, uh, are you uh, do you even have interest in holding Mich- or in uh, holding Penny right now? Or are you just dumping him? And are you maybe investing a little bit more in Chris Carson? I'm more in on Chris Carson this year. Okay. Um, if I'm in a win now mode, I think that Chris Carson is a great trade target. Um, I think that he is looking like he's recovering well. Rashad Penny obviously is not. Um, they do still have Carlos Hyde there, but they tend to feature... They well, Not still, they just got him. But they tend to just feature one running back. Like, this is not an nope. offense that's going to give the ball to a lot of different backs. Uh, Carlos Hyde feels like he's a depth piece slash yep. insurance policy if something happens to Carson. So I think yeah. that Carson's going to be the lead dude. We've seen him be very productive in that role if he's healthy. So if he can stay on the field and they love him and they don't care if he fumbles, if he is on the field, um, I think that he is way undervalued right now. Um, from a dynasty perspective, like long-term looking out two, three years, I don't know that they're going to re-sign Chris Carson. They tend to just not re-sign running backs. Um, so I don't know if that's going to happen this next offseason because this is the last year of his contract. Um so he's really a one-year rental for me, the way that I'm looking at him right now. Mm-hmm. I have a little bit of interest in DJ Dallas long-term. I think that maybe in 2021, they give him a crack at the job. Mm. Um, but, man, Rashad Penny, I loved him coming out of San Diego State. You know, 2,000 yards from scrimmage in his last season. Um, super electric. It didn't make sense for them to take him over Nick Chubb. But... Um, I did think that he was going to be very good for that offense and unfortunately just hasn't panned out. He's never gotten up to speed in the NFL, marred by a couple injuries. Sorry, dude. I I hate to see it, uh, but I I just think that he's run his course. Yeah. I am not interested at this point. All right. Well, there are several other names in the quote-unquote news section, but they all belong to... The first team we're going to talk about in today's Dynasty by Division breakdown. Because it is the NFC North today and this week. Um, while we wait for Betts to return so we can talk about the East and have his uh-huh. Eagles involved. You're yes. welcome, Betts. Uh-huh. Uh, and the first team we'll talk about in the NFC North will be the Detroit Lions. Because the COVID situation over there is not great right now. Mm-mm. At all. Uh a few days ago, Galladay and Hawkinson, uh, Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkinson, both got put on the COVID list. A couple days after that, Matthew Stafford got put on the COVID list. 
And we learned in the last 24 hours that A, Matthew Stafford was actually tested positive for COVID and that Geronimo Allison has now opted out. Now, that's not really bad news. No, uh, I'm fine with Geronimo Allison. <laughs> as far Allison. as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um. So let's, okay, l- let's start with Matthew Stafford. Hey, listeners, this is Okada. A day after the recording of the show you're listening to right now, here to tell you that we talked for about two minutes about Matthew Stafford being diagnosed with COVID as was reported, but today we learned that that was a false positive and he doesn't actually have it or at least hasn't had it yet. So that whole conversation is gone being replaced by me telling you this right now while editing. You're welcome. And now we will continue with our talk about Matthew Stafford. All right. And assuming everything uh, pans out decently well. We love him for redraft. Yeah. Do we love him equally well for Dynasty? 32 years old, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, 32 years old, has a great young uh, wide receiver one in Kenny Galladay. They just drafted a young rookie who with a lot of talent at the running back position in DeAndre Swift. They have a young tight end in TJ Hawkinson. Certainly, it seems like he has the weapons around him to be good for several years. Mm-hmm. Does he break into your top 15 for Dynasty, do you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's that's not even... Yeah, I think I'd be flirting right around there for, like for Matty Stafford. I, I love Matt Stafford. I think he's fantastic. He's a very underrated quarterback. Um, that system, they've they've started developing a system that really works with him and his skill set. His average depth uh, of target last season was way up from two seasons ago. Um, they're really letting him turn it loose. He's a good decision maker. He doesn't turn the ball over a ton. Um, they've got young stud weapons around him, which is any that's all you can ask for for yep. for a dynasty quarterback. He's got Kenny Galladay, who's an emerging wide receiver one from a fantasy standpoint, Marvin Jones, a veteran solid wide receiver two. TJ Hawkinson entering second year tight end stud, uh, Deandre Swift stud. Like what's there not to like it? It's not like he's 38, 39 years old. The dude still got plenty of time left in his, in his prime years. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm yeah. I have no, no concern with ranking him probably right around the 12 spot for, for dynasty purposes. Yeah, he's at, uh, currently at 13 for me, so right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, a couple guys just ahead of him in Goff and Baker Mayfield only get there because they're younger. But if you're, you know, we like to play for win now. Certainly if your team is ready to win now, and like you said, 32 years old, he's not slowing down in the next three, four years. I love getting me some Matthew Stafford. So, Matty Snapback, as Betts likes to say. Matty Snapback. If you if you uh, got someone in your league that has Matt Stafford, you're in win-now mode with a younger quarterback. Um, maybe that person is not quite as high on Stafford, age, injury last year. You might be able to mm-hmm. flip your young quarterback for Stafford Plus. And I think that Stafford is going to give you a higher return this season and help you with, with winning it all this year. Yeah. Also, if you haven't gotten enough Matthew Stafford love from us on the pod, there is an article in the Patreon community only, exclusive to the Patreon community, where I talk about Matthew Stafford's uh, ADP value this year. So, yet another good reason to get in that Patreon. Uh, All right, let's talk about the other 
pieces. We, we mentioned them in passing because there's a lot of good ones. Running back, let's start at the running back position. Obviously, they drafted Kerryon Johnson a couple years ago, has dealt with a lot of injury issues that have kept him on the field for large chunks of seasons, but has looked good whenever he's played. Uh, certainly flashed the pass-catching ability he has, but the Lions go out and draft DeAndre Swift this year, 35th overall. Uh, second running back off the board, a lot of people tend to forget because obviously... Mm -hmm. The, the exciting name after CEH in the first round is Jonathan Taylor, but Swift went uh, six picks earlier mm -hmm. right after the end of the first round. You could almost consider him a first-round pick. Was he like 34th, 35th? 35th. 35th. Uh, I know Betts, DeAndre Swift was his favorite prospect just on prospect evaluation before the draft. I also absolutely love him. Mm -hmm. You're the running back, uh, Mastel. Mastel. What do you think is the kind of the midline projection for DeAndre Swift on this team in Dynasty, and what do you think is the ceiling? In terms of 2020 production or long-term? All of his career. All of it, all Dynasty of it. Dynasty value. Um, Dynasty value, I think that DeAndre Swift is an RB1 talent, a fantasy RB1 talent. Um, he was my rookie running back two behind JT ahead of CEH uh, from a talent perspective. Now, obviously, landing spot changes things when you have someone go to Kansas City you're probably gonna move them up um and we all know what's going on with CEH just skyrocketing into the stratosphere and people debating if he's a better dynasty value right now than Christian McCaffrey no no he's I've, I've legit seen it and I'm like no get out of my no. face with that get out of here um but DeAndre Swift goes to a landing spot that hasn't had a thousand yard rusher since Reggie Bush uh it's been a minute um, which is why they went out and they got him with very good draft capital. Um, you know, other than that and superstition, I don't really know why you'd hate him necessarily being in Detroit other than Kerryon Johnson, but Kerryon Johnson's been injury prone. DeAndre Swift is a better runner than Kerryon Johnson is by far. He's also a very good receiving back. Um, I could see in 2020... I think that DeAndre Swift has a pretty good opportunity to get a lion's share of the work early in the season because of Kerryon Johnson's injury history. Um, mm. I think that he's going to get a pretty decent chunk and get some good run early. And I think that when that happens, I don't know that they're going to look back. Uh, and, and unless something happens to Swift and he gets an injured or, or something like that, once he gets it, he's better than Kerryon Johnson is. I think that he's going to be the guy that gets it majority of the time. They've been desperately wanting that running back presence in that offense to take some of the pressure off of Matt Stafford and to keep defenses honest. And I think that DeAndre Swift can do that. Um, this year, he's probably about a flex play is what I would say for this season in terms of value, unless he just absolutely blows up one game and they go, okay, he's the dude, we're giving him 22 carries a game. Um I don't necessarily see that happening, so I'd feel better with him as, as a flex play. Like, if you can get him as your third running back on your team in redraft, third or fourth running back on your team, I'd, I'd be fine with that. Um, but from a long-term perspective, I think that entering 2021, he's going to be in a good situation uh, to start creeping up those ranks into that solid RB2, potentially flirting with RB1 value, uh, depending on what we see him do this season. Yeah. I pretty much agree with everything you just said. I have him for uh, 235 carries this year, which is decent. It's a pretty decent uh, load. It, it is decent. It, it With the target share that I think Carrion will still command, 
I don't think it's enough to get him anywhere close to RB1 territory, and he's right. not even in RB2 territory for me. But like you said, flex play is fine, and he 100% has the talent and the pedigree to be an RB1 in the not-so-distant future. So, you know, high-end first-round rookie-type pick. We like DeAndre Swift as a talent. The main question mark is how it pans out in Detroit, where there's been a lot of running back suppression. Right, But yes. hopefully it goes well. Um, are you interested at all in on Johnson? Considering no. what we've seen from him, if he can get healthy... No, not okay. really. I think that they, I think that they've shown with with the draft capital that they gave Carryon Johnson or gave DeAndre Swift rather that they're going to give DeAndre Swift an opportunity to win that job. Um, okay. So I think that Carryon Johnson, who I loved entering last season, um, I think that he's on uh, on on the decline. So I mean, maybe I would take a shot. Maybe I'd give someone a you know late second, early third for Carryon yeah. Johnson and just see what happens. Maybe he lands on a different team or something like that because he is young. Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd give a late second, early third for on Johnson and just kind of hold him and see what happens. I really like that. If somebody's willing, they drafted him and they're tired of his injuries and having to put him in their IR spot all the time. Mm-hmm. Throw out a late second. If you can get it, I think that's a pretty good value. I'd like that stash. Um, okay, wide receiver position. Now, we're going to mostly set aside the fact that Kenny Galladay is on the COVID list. Uh, we don't know yet why, and certainly for Dynasty, it shouldn't have affected his value too much. So let's start with him. Very, very talented, very productive in his first couple seasons. Young wide receiver, uh, drafted back in 2017 in the third round. So I think he's far outplayed that. Um mm-hmm. 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns last year, John. He, he led the NFL in touchdowns, mm-hmm. uh, receiving touchdowns. Which is crazy that 11 led the league. Yes. Like, yeah, I think it was the lowest. Low... Yeah. I, looked, I looked at one point. I think it was the lowest in like two or three decades. Wow. The lowest I'm not surprised. Total. I'm not surprised yeah. by that, but yeah. It's um, crazy. How high can Kenny Galladay get for fantasy? Is he? Are we talking about him as... One of the super elites? I don't think so. Um, I don't think that he has potential super elite status. Um, Mm. He is 26 now. Um, I think he's 27 Mm -hmm. in season, if I remember correctly. Yeah, November. November, yes. Um, So he is kind of getting up there a little bit. Like he's not, you know, a 23-year-old. Took him a little bit to come on and take over the, the Babytron mantra. Uh, there in Detroit. Um, he's incredibly talented. I love him. I think he's great. I think that he will probably slot in somewhere between wide receiver 8 and 12 or 14 most seasons. So he'll be like kind of right in that bracket, in my opinion, of someone that is going to get you very, very, very solid production. But I don't see him being the 1,400, 1,500-yard wide receiver like the elites of the elites the julio jones the deandre hopkins those kind of guys um i like him a lot and maybe he's got that potential maybe he is still taking steps forward and he can break through and and hit that um and i would love it he's a talented wide receiver but it's not enough for me yet from what we've seen to put him on that trajectory for that elite echelon of wide receivers okay I don't hate it. 
Um, it's hard to get into that elite echelon, and I don't have him technically ranked there. I have him as my wide receiver eight in Dynasty, which is, which is yeah, pretty spicy yeah, it's still. very good. It's very mm-hmm. good, but it's not quite, you know, the uh, Chris Godwin or what Odell used to be or what right. Michael Thomas is now. It's not that guy that you're considering drafting in the first couple picks of a Dynasty startup. Right. However, I will point out that... What he did last season, which was very, very productive, was half without Matthew Stafford. His his full game season on the pace he was on with with Stafford was 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns, which is even better if you do math than 1,111. So uh, now am I projecting for that? Not quite, but this could be a guy who is perennially competing for the touchdown lead along with like Devontae Adams. Um, maybe Tyree Kill type players, and is putting up 1,200 yards on the regular, I think he's going to be in that top six range potentially within a couple years, or certainly could be. Yeah. Um, whether he ever gets to the top three or top two and becomes a super elite is certainly less certain. But yeah, it's it's within the range of outcomes, absolutely. Like, it, it very sure. well could happen, but I, I'm not, like, super gung-ho confident that that's where he's headed it could very well because like you said what he was doing in the early part of last season was absolutely phenomenal um he's six four he's a massive target he's that kind of prototypical wide receiver build uh wins contested catches in the red zone very very Big well time. um so yeah maybe among the best potentially yeah you could say bet. that i think that's fair um all right, moving on from Galladay, let's go to a, a, a much older player, a uh, mm. bit, more, bit more seasoned, but potentially just as valuable in his own way. Marvin Jones, 30 years old, mm-hmm. which seems older than he even is. Maybe it's just his baby face. But <laughs> True. Marvin Jones is 30, uh, entering now his ninth season. Listen, this guy manages to score touchdowns every single year. Nine touchdowns three years ago, five touchdowns two years ago in just over half a season, and nine touchdowns last year in only 13 games. Pretty much since he's come to Detroit, this guy has been one of the most reliable touchdown threats. Now, he has missed uh, 10 games over the last two seasons, so that's not great. But assuming he stays healthy on a team that they're potential wide receiver three slash four and Allison is now opted out for the season after Galladay who we just mentioned it's Danny Amendola yeah Marvin Jones could certainly threaten 110 120 targets maybe even more and with that kind of workload score eight nine ten touchdowns what are you what are you okay you don't have Marvin Jones but you are you're looking to contend. This guy might have been one who actually made it on our on our guys to buy in the contenders uh, situation pods. I can't remember. But what are you willing? And it doesn't even have to just be picks. But maybe it's a package deal. What are you trying to get rid of to get a guy like Marvin Jones for this year and maybe next? Ooh, that's interesting. I think it's it's a lot easier to put value when talking about picks. I'd be fine with giving a second for Marvin Jones. Um. In terms of okay. player value, Marvin Jones is a guy. So here, let's let's back up a little bit. So I just posted a article in our ADP series that mm-hmm. uh, you were alluding exclusive. to earlier, Patreon exclusive, yep. talking about Marvin Jones. He was one of the guys in there that, according to Sleepers ADP, 
is a screaming value. He's going right now as the wide receiver 58. 58. In that, redraft. Yes, it's absolutely that, that ludicrous. That is just silliness. It just doesn't make sense. People are just forgetting about him. Um, when you look at what he did last season, if you took the eight-game stretch, because Stafford played exactly half a season, eight games. If you take the eight games with Matt Stafford last year, he was on pace for 1,070 yards and 12 touchdowns. I'm not forecasting those numbers for him, but he looks like someone that could be a very, very solid wide receiver two or flex play on your roster that people are forgetting about. Like Completely. Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand it. So if you've got a younger player that maybe the person who has Marvin Jones just is asleep at the wheel and, and, and doesn't understand kind of the value that he brings to that offense, um, you might be able to get Marvin Jones plus for something that you're willing to give up. Like I would do, and this is for our Patreon community specifically, because this is a player that they love to talk about. I would oh give boy. Hollywood Brown for, Mar- for Marvin Jones and a pick wow. all day long. Wow, wow, wow. All day long. I would take that. Okay, I was going to throw some young names at you um, to see what you'd be willing to give up. Now, Hollywood for Jones and a pick, yeah. I, I could certainly see. I thought you were going to say straight up. And Not that was, straight. I, I was going to be a little concerned. Yeah. But let me give you some numb names. Numb names? Young names. <laughs> numb numbs. Straight up, <laughs> if you're a contender, do you give these young names to get Marvin Jones? Deontay okay. Johnson. Oh, um... No, I want Deontay. Okay. Anthony Miller? Marvin Jones. Ooh. Uh, Darius Slayton? Marvin Jones. Michael Hardman? Marvin Jones by a lot. Yeah. Okay. So, the the Deontay Johnson potential breakout to high-end wide receiver two territory is a territory where you're going to cut it off and keep that guy. But... I think that's that's pretty fair. If you, if you've got a young guy who, you know, is more of a risky potentially one day wide receiver too, I'm very willing to sell. Go get you some Marvin Jones and win a championship because he's going to contribute a lot this season and maybe even a couple more seasons. Again, 30 years old, he probably has two seasons left. Stafford Stafford could legitimately set his career high in touchdowns this year. Yes, would Easily. not surprise me. So at all. There, there's so much to go around. For Galladay, for Marvin Jones, for Hawkinson to take a step forward into his second year, um, you know, we're not we're not expecting a ton out of Hawkinson, but he'll step up. Like if you tell me that he has six, seven hundred yards and five to six touchdowns, yeah, I'd, I'd buy that this year. Um, there's going to be enough to go around where both Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones could potentially be double digit touchdown guys. I like it. Uh, well, you know what? Let's just touch on the man you just mentioned, TJ Hawkinson. Then we'll be done with the Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, highest drafted tight end in the class last year. A, t- a class, not not this current last draft, but the 2019 draft. A class full of good tight ends. Eighth overall. High. Yeah. So only started seven games. Played in 12 last year. He did deal with some injuries. Um, showed... Some tiny flashes mostly showed some drop problems. Yeah, yeah. Um, his his week one performance that everybody freaked out about, <laughs> 131 yards and a touchdown, uh, was against almost the Cardinals. Equi- <laughs> yeah, which is why it happened because yep. the Cardinals were the worst against tight ends. 
almost equated to all the rest of his season added together. So, um, but still a great prospect. A lot of people had him as their tight end one in that class. Obviously, the Lions did. What do you think? What What is your temperature on TJ Hawkinson for Dynasty? I'm going to back up for a second. I don't remember a specific positional advantage streaming mm. situation mm-hmm. as outlandish as any tight end, any tight end against the Arizona Cardinals last year. Yep. I've never seen it where it was like, go down the list of streaming tight ends. Are they playing the Cardinals? Yes. Plug them. Like, yep. without question, it, it was ridiculous. But Hawk's really interesting. Um, he's very athletic. He comes from Iowa. He was the successor to George Kittle. Um, tight end you. Tight end you. Um, yeah, no kidding. They're just pumping him out, which is great. Um, very athletic. Yeah, the the first season, you know, I think the injuries really hurt him. The losing Stafford in the middle of the season, I think, really hurt him. So mm-hmm. from a long term, from a dynasty standpoint, yeah, I'm still in on Hawk. I don't think that he has a massive breakout this season. But I think he could be a year three breakout candidate. In 2021, I, I think that he could be looking at some pretty pretty good numbers. Yeah. If the, if you don't have him, I, w- I would definitely be interested in going out and getting a temperature on his price because he's gonna he just came off a bad season, which as a rookie tight end, what yeah. do you expect? That yeah. is what you should expect. It was a, it may be especially bad for what he was drafted at, but still, going into a season where there's a lot of uncertainty, currently on the COVID list, Maybe you can get him for a really good deal, and you know how I like to stash those young tight ends. He is a fringe tight end one for me in Dynasty, and certainly could break out uh, in a couple years, like you said, to be a huge screaming value based on the price you could probably get him for right now. So I'd go check it out. Yeah, he could be, if you told me that in 2021, TJ Hawkinson was a top five tight end, I'd, I'd buy it. Sure. Like, that he could have that kind of year where he was like last year's Mark Andrews. And just absolutely burst onto the scene. I could see TJ Hawkinson having that kind of season in 21, maybe 22. But yeah, stash the young tight end that had a bad, weird, injury-riddled rookie season with an injured quarterback. Yeah, I'm all about that. All right, let's move on from the Lions and go over to the Bears. Oh my. Um, Duh, Bears. Yeah, what, what an interesting situation we've got over here. So... Obviously, the biggest uh, point of order for the Bears this offseason was the signing of Nick Foles. A lot of people assumed they'd given up on Trubisky at that point, or they would soon do so when Trubisky had a bad start to the season. But that is no chance for that anymore, because Mr. Nick is not going to play this year. Gosh. One of the opt-outs for COVID. Wait, hold on. Was he? Uh, did he? No, no, no. I don't think he did. I think that, that was sure? a. I think that was a rumor. Um, that they debunked. Sure? I'm checking right now. Ooh. Um, hold on. Breaking news. Please hold. Or unbreaking news. Unbreaking news. Um, I'm not seeing anything. I don't think that he did. I think that we have okay, rumor maybe that from was a, fake news. I think we had a rumor from a beat reporter. Ah. Um, that went a little a. That he was considering it. Um, okay. So why don't you talk about Continue. Trubs? Sure. Talk about Trubs for a second. Extra, I'm gonna do some extra research. Yep. Uh, one one piece of news that I do know is true. While John confirms that one is that uh, Nagy said that it would be a competition, mm-hmm. um, and they would basically see what would happen. And that's kind of what we all expect. 
even the guys who are fully on the full train, aka my uh, lovely co-hosts, uh, John and Betts, believe that Trubisky will start the season. Mm-hmm. Now, they believe that within <clears throat> six games, I think, or so, he will lose that job because he's doo-doo. Yes. I believe that he has shown enough flashes that I still am going to give him another year, maybe even another two years. He's young. He was a very high-drafted oh. quarterback. Hoo-hoo! He did not have a, a lot of experience in college. He did not have several years of being a starter. This is no Dwayne Haskins situation. Or didn't this he is have, a Dwayne Haskins situation. Didn't he have 12 yes. career starts in college? Yes. It was, a, it was. I believe that is the correct number. It was a very small yep. amount of one season at a university that's not known for pumping out quarterbacks. <laughs> right. By the way, Garofolo so, uh, did confirm that that is not true. Okay. Fake About news. Nick Foles. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's still there to compete for this job. Yes. I have said that I believe Trubisky will hold on for this year. You do not believe so. Mm. What For Dynasty, is even harder than it is for, for redraft because in redraft, you're basically not drafting either, even in a 2QB league. But in Dynasty, especially in a super flex, what are you doing with, with either of these guys or both? For the non-YouTube watchers who are doing it wrong, John just gave a shrug emoji, just, and that's basically all that can be said. I don't, I don't know. In startups right now, they're basically both going what you would equate to undrafted. They're both going as like quarterback fours in superflex startups. Like mm-hmm. Trubisky's probably going in like the quarterback forty range. Like, like no one wants it. They're like, I don't know. I don't like it. He sucks. He hasn't looked good. I, I'm not interested. They've got competition with Foles now. This might be the the last year of Trubisky before he just disappears into the wilderness. Um, people don't want anything to do with it, and neither do I. I'm, I'm just not interested in either of these quarterbacks. If I had to take one, I'll take Foles. Because wow. we have more of dynasty. a... Yeah, we have more of a proven track record of Nick Foles, which is not saying much. No, it's than not. Than we do about Trubisky. But uh, he knows the system. I think it's the quarterback coach there in Chicago was his quarterback coach in Philly. There's some connection to his time in Philly on that coaching staff. Um, so he's got a little bit of an understanding there. I think of the the familiarity aspect, the uh, language of it. Nick Foles is a more accurate passer than than Trubisky is. Now, Trubisky does bring some athletic upside. He's a better runner than people mm, give him credit for. Which is good um, for fantasy. Which is good for fantasy. But, man, he just looks so bad last year. So bad. I, I just, I don't want any part of either in Dynasty. I don't okay. have any of them on the thousand teams that I do have. I have zero exposure to the quarterback position in Chicago. And I'm not going out and acquiring any. I, I'm just not okay. interested. Because guess what? In 2021, they're drafting his replacement. Uh, possibly. Yeah. Um, if if Trubisky is the price that you mentioned he is, I'm 100% going out and getting a piece. Now, to, to be fair, I believe in Trubisky more than maybe the average bear. No Trubisky, pun intended. Trubisky or Certainly Josh more Rosen? Than John. Trubisky. Easily. I don't know. I'd probably Tr- be more willing to Trubisky. go get Josh Rosen. First of all, Trubisky has shown fantasy upside. Plenty of it. Actually, quite a bit of it. Josh Rosen has shown absolutely nothing for fantasy. And Trubisky is still competing for a starting job. The probable incumbent to start the season and has to lose it by playing terribly. 
Josh Rosen getting passed around on people's benches <laughs> in the NFL, let alone in fantasy. So hey, he's only, been, he's only been passed around once at this point. Keep that in mind. Uh, Listen. So, no, he's going to – I'm – yeah. Josh Rosen. Um, I, Josh, I feel so bad for Rosen. I feel yeah, so Yeah, it's bad. rough. Trubisky is – if you can get him for a price that's below quarterback two price in a super flex league, and I have him ranked there even, by the way, <sighs> by a decent amount. Well, sure. Why not? Even if he even if he loses his job to Nick Foles, we've seen plenty of other quarterbacks, especially in the Superflex, come around and suddenly be starters on other teams for surprise reasons. So I say he's a stash. A stash. John says get rid of him. I'm sure Betts would agree with John, so if you want the majority vote, there it technically <laughs> is. Uh moving on from the doo-doo quarterback position here, let's go to a also not great position, the running back position. Yeah. David Montgomery. Uh, he's he's David Montgomery, okay? He's like the Frank Gore 20 years ago. Well, he's like if Frank Gore right now was 20 years younger. Because Frank Gore 20 years ago was even better than David Montgomery in my Whoa, opinion. Oh, yeah. Frank Gore was awesome back in his prime. Yeah, he was great. Those San Francisco uh, days were fun, man. David Montgomery is kind of just meh. He is going to get a lot of carries. Mm-hmm. He is going to have a poor rushing average, in my opinion. And he's not going to score a lot of touchdowns necessarily because I don't really believe in this offense overall. It doesn't help mm-hmm. that the quarterback situation makes no sense. We just talked about that. So back end RB two for David Montgomery. Are you buying or selling at that range? I'm holding. Um, holding at that range. I'm holding there because he's going to get the volume. They have nobody else other than slot receiver Tariq Cohen. So True. it's and I think uh, Nall. I think Ryan Nall is the backup. Yes. There. Mm-hmm. So. It's going to be David Montgomery. He's going to see 225 to 250 carries on the season. If he can increase his efficiency metrics and get a little bit involved in the passing game, he has some upside still. I'm not out on David Montgomery. I still think that he could be okay. I don't think that he has elite upside. He's perfectly fine. Perfectly perfectly fine. fine. Uh, And I mean, it's, it's worth mentioning. I feel like dynasty the dynasty community dynasty twitter was big on david montgomery oh, coming in so hot last year big pff grades really lovable guy for the analytics noisy but, huevos was obsessed yes oh but man mandatory montgomery a, yeah he's a third round running back okay he's Iowa not a, even a deandre swift capital certainly not a first round capital and he came from Iowa State. Yeah, this is not a guy that I'm going to rest on the laurels of his capital or his pedigree to say, oh, I know he had a not so great rookie season, but he's going to, don't worry, he's going to come around. I don't feel that confident. So I think I might even sell at the low end RB2 price. I don't blame the hold because, listen, volume to a degree is king in fantasy and he's going to have that. So yeah. if, you can, if you can flex him, I feel good about that. If yeah, you, that's your RB2. I don't, I, don't I don't like him as my RB2. Um, I'd feel much better okay. with him as my RB3. Um, but I also tend to go RB heavy early in my draft. So if I True. went like absolute stud wide receiver or a George Kittle Kelsey early and he ended up being my RB2, okay, I might roll with it. But yeah, I'm not super confident in saying just you wait, he's going to break out. I'm not saying that, but he's going to get the volume. Um, his volume was very inconsistent last year for weird coaching decisions. 
Um, I think that they're going to lean a little bit more on that this year, and I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that he's going to get some stuff straightened out. So that's where I'm at with Montgomery. Tariq Cohen, PPR running back, yay or nay, do you want to own him? Yes. Yes. Okay. 60 plus get receptions. Him. Yes. Go get yep. him, people. Dynasty PPR value is there for Tariq Cohen. Absolutely. 100%. Because he's going to catch passes. A lot of them. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the real pass catcher. Well, I don't even want to say real because Tariq Cohen is 100% real. But let's move on to the guys who are supposed to be pass catchers, the wide receivers. You mean the one guy that's going to be a pass catcher in that op- offense? Yeah. Allen Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> Is the man. I love A-Rod. He is, oh, as man. far as I'm concerned, the Bears offense. Really the only piece that I really, really like. Same. I do also like the wide receiver two here for Dynasty, but we'll get to that in a second. Alan Robinson going to be a target hog. He has been extremely productive with the poop targets that he's gotten in I his career. I feel so bad for the quarterbacks that he's been exposed to. Are you yeah. kidding? Like, this it guy would be good. widely considered an elite wide receiver. If he had if this guy's anything Chiefs, at quarterback. Oh, my gosh. Instead of Tyreek Hill, I think he's the same rank as Tyreek Hill for Dynasty. Yeah, he'd be top five. Yeah. No no doubt about it. He's a stud. Um, he's amazing. Give this guy a freaking quarterback for once, please. Yes. Oh, Maybe man. they'll be bad enough to get a top 10 pick, but I honestly don't even know if that's the case. Oh, I think so. Uh, we need to talk a little bit about holdouts there because they lost their, their nose tackle. And a mm-hmm. safety are both deciding mm-hmm. to to opt out this season. That defense is not what it once was. The uh, defense is not what it was. And if you're saying the onus has to go on either a Trubisky or Foles-led offense, I don't like it. This could be a four-win team. Like, they, they could be a top-ten pick. All right. Well, let's hope for their case and for Allen Robinson's yes. case that it is. For A-Rob, please. Assuming they don't get Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Justin well, Fields. What are you doing with... <laughs> What are you doing with Allen Robinson in Dynasty? For me, he's kind of a mid-range wide receiver too, just because of how bad that quarterback situation is. But are you? Do you think he's closer to being a wide receiver one? I think he's closer to a one than he is to a two. Um, I think that he's a top fourteen guy. Is probably okay. where I would put Allen Robinson. Um, That's quite good. He's so talented. I just I can't quit him. I want to rank him lower. I I keep wanting to move him down because I hate that offense so much. Um, but he was a fringe wide receiver one guy last year with the absolute yeah. garbage that he had from Trubisky. So true. I don't really think it's going to get worse. I think that he's going to be right in that range again. Might sneak his way into like the 8-9 range on the season, maybe. Um, because he's going to hog all the targets on that offense. Um, I don't know why, by the way, they've got 9,000 tight ends that are going to contribute for a total of 400 yards. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Allen Robinson to me, I love him. He's a stud. I think that they're going to get him an actual quarterback next year. Um, so for dynasty, I'm probably buying Allen Robinson because I think okay. that he's widely being considered less than, than where I, where I have him at in my, in my heart's eye. So I'm going out and trying to get me some, uh, some Allen Robinson for people that are thinking that he's more of just a wide receiver two range. I like that. I have him as wide receiver too, but I still like that because of the upside that is there if they, if he ever gets a true quarterback. And worth mentioning, he is entering his seventh season, but not yet 27 years old. Yeah, he's still will turn 27 later this month. So he's still got definitely two or three years left. Allen Robinson really and Kenny Galladay are the same age. Yeah, that's a big What? Crazy. <laughs> um, 
Came into League at 21. That's what you get when you come yep. into League at 21. Gotta love those early um, declares, man. Okay, quickly on Anthony Miller. I am a big Anthony Miller fan. I think he's shown a lot of upside and had a pretty decent showing last year despite having a shoulder injury all year long. I think this is a guy who could break out into wide receiver two territory. Maybe not this year, but fringe this year and wide receiver two within a couple years. Do you like Anthony Miller close to as much as I do, or he's kind of mad for you? He's kind of mad for me, but I can see what you're saying. Um, okay. Because I'm kind of predicting the same thing for the Chicago offense as a whole, right? Where I kind of think this year is going to suck, but I think that yep. 2021 is going to take a step forward. So I can see it. Um, I've got him lower on my boards than you do. Every single draft that you and I are in, I know that you're walking away with Anthony Miller. True. Um, every single time. So I'm not quite as high up as you are, but I understand the thought process on it and think that he could emerge into a top 24 guy in a year or two. Uh, tight end situation. Holy mackerel. I don't know. I don't want to. It's a hot mess. Let me ask you this question, John. In Dynasty, Jimmy Graham or Matthew Betts for your tight end? <laughs> Cole Komet. That's who the tight end is. Yes, that is the correct answer. Uh, Uh, Matthew Betts, probably. Matthew Betts, um, I can guarantee, uh, is running a better 40 and a better three-cone time than Jimmy Graham at this point in Jimmy Graham's career. Got him. Get wrecked, Jimmy Graham. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Listen, no interest in Jimmy Graham. I am a big fan of Cole Komet. I love Cole Komet. By far my number one tight end in this draft class. Absolutely. I think he looked great at the combine. Good prospect. I am very interested in going out and getting him. Maybe uh, halfway into or well into this season when he hasn't done much because he's not a, you know, going to be out of the gate 700 yard tight end rookie which is pretty rare anyways but he was the highest drafted tight end and i think he has a big future in two or three years so if you can stash him feel free no i totally agree with that call i love cole Komet. um for some reason i don't know why he was the highest drafted tight end um in the nfl draft had great production great film everything looks fantastic for cole Komet, but everyone was asleep at the wheel in my rookie drafts and I just kept, I just kept picking up Cole Komet because everyone is like, there's so many wide receivers. I'm going to go grab all the wide receivers. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I took Cole Komet in the third of like every single rookie draft that I was in and feel like I'm stealing. I'm just like, and Cole Komet is my mandatory third round pick. Uh, locking in. Yeah. All right. We are two teams out of four into this uh, division, John. I don't know if you're aware of this, but it's 50 minutes into the podcast yeah. right now. Hey, Bets, love you, buddy. Yeah, we Get don't give back. a crap. Uh, listeners, we love you. If you're still here, thank you, and welcome to the second half of the podcast. <laughs> we'll see if we can keep it under an hour and a half, but this is what happens when Bets is gone. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, quickly, before we get to our next team, brief word from our sponsor, Trophy Smack. Trophies, the dopest trophies you've ever seen. Championship belts, rings for your leagues. It is the best product on the market for winning your fantasy championships. If you are a recent champion, if you are a commissioner, you need to go check out trophysmack.com. They have dope stuff. And if you buy a trophy or a belt right now and you use the code REDSHIRTS, very easy because that's the name of our podcast, you get a free ring! Okay, it looks like a Super Bowl ring. It is, let's say, diamond studded. I think it's technically cubic or coney or something similar. 
but it is flashy and beautiful and uh it worth bragging about you can wear it to your draft you can send uh pictures on whatever social media app you use hashtag snapchat i don't know i don't even use my snapchat that i technically still have i think but uh flash your ring in front of your league mates or if you're a good commissioner get the trophy and the ring for whoever won the championship so go check that out trophysmack.com use code red shirts all right second half of the show let's get it let's Let's go go to the minnesota vikings yes um so much actually a lot of interesting pieces here i feel like it's a a little bit better than the hot mess we just covered with the bears way better um let's start at i feel like the wide receiver position is is pretty interesting so let's start a wide receiver we're gonna shake it up Obviously, Stephon Diggs, now gone to Buffalo, mm-hmm. was a uh, strong dynasty asset there. Never quite hit the wide receiver one territory he could have. But while he was busy not quite doing that, Adam Thielen did. Now, Adam Thielen is also much older, 30. quite old, into his 30s, yes. Uh, but still well, producing 31. at a very high level. Also is not a guy who necessarily has been like, you know played uh, 700 games in his career despite being 30. What is your dynasty temperature on Adam Thielen? Is he close to wide receiver one still for you, or is he dropping down because of age and you're not interested? He is a wide receiver two for me that I think can produce potentially wide receiver one numbers because of the target share that he's going to command with no longer having Stephon Diggs. If he's for healthy, just this year? For just this year. I, I have him okay. like, it's this year. He's a potential win now piece. Okay. Um, he's another guy that I'm looking at as being like a one-year rental. I think Justin Jefferson is going to be the lead dog in that offense in 2021. Um, wow. I think I think so. I love Justin okay. Jefferson, the pro- pro- prospect. Absolutely love him. Um, Thielen's very, very good, but he is starting to get up there. Um I think that he's going to produce very well this year. I think that he's going to have a massive target share. He could be one of those very rare uh, wide receivers that's like 28% plus in terms of target share in that offense because it's him and then it's Justin Jefferson who Justin Jefferson's on the COVID list. Yes, so he he's is. having a weird shortened preseason that doesn't have a preseason already. Um, so it's going to be Thielen that's going to start the year. Justin Jefferson might take some time to... to catch up um, to the NFL speed of things without a preseason, without a camp, without anything. Now, we talked about Marvin Jones being worth a second-round pick and named some young guys to be willing to trade that were pretty decent. I don't think there's probably much debate that Adam Thielen is a better one-year rental yeah, than Marvin is. Jones, despite how much we like Marvin Jones. Are you willing to give a late first for Adam Thielen? If I'm looking, if I'm looking, yeah, if I'm looking for a piece that's going to kind of put me over the top, I've already got an elite wide receiver one. Um, yeah, I'd do it. Like, for sure. Okay. If I was a team yeah. that finished, like, third, fourth last year, and I've got that team coming back, and I'm like, okay, this could be a stud wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside for 2020, where I can plug him in with Julio Jones. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm rocking with that for sure. Yeah. Listen, guys. On average, technically, you should win a championship every 12 years if you're in a 12-man league. That is how the the averages work. So if you can lock in a championship right now with Adam Thielen instead of getting, you know, next year's Henry Ruggs, okay. Yeah. 100% do it. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely with you on that one. Uh, quickly Wait, on first, Justin Jefferson. 
late late first oh, yeah, have what, what about a thirty percent hit rate? Yeah, it's, I mean, exactly. You're not even guaranteed to get what anything close to what Thielen is now yeah. or ever was. Exactly. Um, yeah, agreed. Uh, Justin Jefferson, on the COVID list, as you mentioned, we loved him as oh. possibly the best first-year rookie receiver, like, actually contributing redraft. But that aside, in Dynasty, very high upside for the future. Connected to a good quarterback who's going to be there and be able to hit him with reliable targets. Obviously a great prospect out of LSU. A guy with, I would say, 100-catch upside. I'd be curious yep. to hear if you disagree with that sometime in his career. Okay, no disagreement there. None. Um, I don't think you're really buying him. I don't think there's a way to buy him because whoever just drafted him just drafted him in the in the first round of their right. of your rookie draft. But maybe put a note for yourself at the end of this year when he either missed part of the season due to being on the COVID list or had a slow start and didn't maybe quite have quite as good a year as you expected. Go on and get him. I would legitimately would give a probably a high first for him, depending on what obviously the prospects next year look like. But if he shows flashes of the talent we saw at LSU, the situation here is incredibly good. Like there is a very low chance that people in next year's rookie class are going to get any better of a situation than this. Yeah, I would make I would make a reminder for myself to go and look at the price to get him next year and be willing to pay a very high price. Yeah, I agree with that. I love him. I love his situation. I love the quarterback play. I love the system. I love the running back that's currently there that's hopefully getting extended. Um, they've got a great, you know, a, a defense that has been solid that is currently struggling, which means more upside from a passing perspective. I think he's in a great standpoint. Um, it's going to be interesting to see the landing spots of next year's rookie wide receivers, but there might only be three or four wide receivers next year that I'd be willing to own ahead of Justin Jefferson. Word. Um, quickly on the tight ends, I think we can be relatively quick quick here because Kyle Rudolph is a veteran that has been good for fantasy. That he just got extended, mm-hmm. but I don't think you want him even on a starting roster unless you're in a tight end premium league. Would you disagree with that at all? No. Because they yeah, basically so, only use him between the 20s. So, like he I don't even like know if no he's worth zone. owning. And then you've got Irv Smith. Let's go. Uh, he actually was one of my one of my favorite prospects. I think he might have been my tight end, too, in that class. Um, which was somewhat of a hot take. But certainly has a, a high ceiling for the future. The question is how long it will take him to get there, especially with the Kyle Rudolph extension. Where are, are you stashing him like for a late second right now if you can? Oh yeah, no, I okay. I I would do that easily. Um, Mid second, yeah. Okay. I I love Irv Smith Jr. Like he's a massive tight end breakout candidate for me. I am targeting him everywhere that I can get him um, and holding sure. on because I think that he is one of those guys. That's right on the cusp, and it just depends really on Kyle Rudolph. And when Kyle Rudolph starts to downtick a little bit, which I think is coming soon, um, it's going to be Irv Smith that's going to take that over and run with it in a hurry. He's uber athletic, like crazy physically gifted at the tight end position. Um, He's a pass-catching tight end. He's not a line-em-up in line, and he's an extended offensive lineman. No, no. He's a line-him-up. Outside, he's a wide receiver in a tight end's body, 
um, which is what you want for fantasy. So I'm I'm all in on that. I think that the breakout is coming. It's just a matter of time. Um, could potentially be down the stretch this year, maybe into 2021. But I'm I'm stashing Irv everywhere. If you have Jared Cook and you're looking to start rebuilding, you're trading him for Irv Smith. Oh yeah. If I'm rebuilding, right. I'm sending Jared Cook for Irv Smith Jr. for sure. I you might if you're be rebuilding. To, you might be able to get more. Are you more. sending like, Zach Ertz for Irv Smith in a pick? Depending on the pick, yes, because I first think that rounder. Zach. Oh, a first and Irv Smith for Zach. Yeah. Yeah. You doing that? Ooh, I'm doing that. All right. If I'm, if I'm okay. rebuilding, if I'm rebuilding, I'm doing that. All right. That's some mm-hmm. faith. Okay. Uh, well, let's go to the running back position. Listen, it's Alvin Cook. Yep. We the main question, of course, is his contract situation because he has expressed potential or did express the potential of a holdout, but he is reporting mm-hmm. uh, for camp. So it sounds like either they're going to work something out or he's just going to play. Actually showed up early on the first day. Oh, there you go, Dalvin. That, listen, just a, a, a quick announcement for all you running backs out there. That's how you get paid. It is. You don't show do up. a Le'Veon Bell. No. You do. You show up early. Don't do Melvin you earn Gordon. Your contract. Don't do Melvin no. Gordon. It doesn't work. Get out of my face with that. Good job, Dalvin. Listen. Yep. Right choice. Right I choice. have said on this podcast, Dalvin Cook, I believe, is one of the most talented running backs in the league. Arguably yes. top three, in my opinion. He is a beast. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He has great vision. He is explosive as heck. Arguably one of the most... Uh, I think maybe Saquon Barkley and him are the conversation for most explosive. Just in terms of being able to suddenly... Derrick Henry's up there as well, but maybe well, in a different way. So is Jonathan Taylor, but that's okay. Okay. I'll believe it when I see it at the NFL level. With Did you Taylor. see the picture today? Did Listen, you he's, see? Yes. Oh, he's a monster. If we're talking oh, about man. exploding a brick wall by running <laughs> through it, I give Jonathan Taylor definitely a nod there. Um, uh, had to be said. Had to be said. Top five dynasty running back for Dalvin Cook. Yep. Is there any question? Okay, there is not. So he is. He is what he is. Very good. If you don't have him, you're probably not getting him. If you have him, congratulations. Um. At the quarterback position, Kirk Cousins, a, a kind of another is what he is, not quite in the same way as Dalvin Cook, um, more in the Jimmy Garoppolo kind of way where Ooh. he's going to give you 3,500 to 4,000 yards, somewhere in that range, 25 touchdowns, not a lot of yeah. picks, and be nice and reliable, a QB2, mid-range QB2. I mean, that that's my feeling on him. Do you have any higher hopes for Kirk Cousins than that? I'm slightly higher, but like when you said that, I had an audible ooh, but the more that I kind of think about it, yeah, maybe that is kind of fair to put him and Jimmy Garoppolo in about the same tier. I think that that's probably fair. Um, great completion percentage. Great not completion a lot of percentage. Yep. Low-ish yardage totals. He's not going to light you up for 4,800 yards. Um, nope. Especially not on that offense, which wants to run first. Yeah, exactly. Especially, And that's one game. of the problems. You know, if he was in what was Detroit last year or Kansas City, um, it might be different. But that offense wants to run, or that team wants to run and play defense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's fair. I'd, I'd love him as my quarterback, too, in a super flex. I think that that's great. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. About it. All right. Great for completion percentage. For if, uh, if you got him in Scott Fishbowl, congratulations. He's a hey. great Scott Fishbowl quarterback. 
Big facts. Mm-hmm. All right, let's close it out with the Packers, the uh, reigning division champions, uh, one of the best teams in the NFC last year, certainly if you go by record or by the teams in the NFC championship game. Um, I'm still see. not okay. sure. I'm still not sure how they did it. Yeah. I, I don't uh, listen. They, they, had, they played great oh. defense. It was it was very strange. It was the after Smith watching brothers. Aaron Rodgers exactly after watching yeah. Aaron Rodgers carry this team for a decade. Uh, the Smith brothers came into town, and the yeah, uh, the Packers were suddenly an elite defense. But okay, let's let's start with the, the quarterback situation because obviously that is very interesting. Here mm-hmm. they have a guy that a couple years ago we were talking. There was a lot of arguing about whether he was the goat. There was cert- there certainly was a lot of argument, mo- even more than that, and still is that he's the boat, aka best of all time, uh, <laughs> just from a pure good quarterback standpoint. And I don't even, uh, t- uh, I'm not even too far out on that one. And I and you know I'm a Tom Brady fan, so he, yeah. he's not even close to the goat argument. But right, right, Aaron like, Rodgers in is of, in terms of talent, arm talent, exactly. Yeah. Yep. You're not I don't know if I've ever seen anyone better. And yep. I've seen a good amount of the best quarterbacks ever. Yep. Um, but the Packers went out and drafted Jordan Love. Oof. Why did they do this? I do not know. But Because he's it. exactly the same age as when they did it to Brett Favre. Mm, That's it why. is indeed. Rogers about to get Rogered. Uh in yep. all in all seriousness though, do you think Jordan Love is the starter in uh, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask it this way. How many years until Jordan Love is a starter in Green Bay? The answer could be infinity I'd, because he never is, but I'd I'd put it at 2022. Okay. 3 seasons from now. I would probably agree with that exactly. That is exactly what happened with Rodgers and Favre. Yep. Even Rodgers himself said recently Rogers, that yeah. he thinks He was on yeah, an interview that, with Kyle Brandt um and Brandt and, was asking him about it and he was like, "Hey, I understand what's happening. Uh business yes, is business." Good for him. Um, he actually, he was great in that interview. Like, I was so happy to see it. Um, he was like, right after, he was, it was great. He's talking about like, basically sitting in his man cave during the NFL draft. And he saw that like, some wide receivers were falling and he's like, okay, well, cool. Some wide receivers. He was like, that kid (laughs) out of LSU, that kid out of LSU, Justin Jefferson. He's like, I like that kid out of Arizona State, Brandon Ayuk. He was like, he's naming off, he didn't actually name the players, he named the schools where they're from, which was really funny. Um, And then apparently what he was watching was delayed because news started to like get out. Maybe Mm -hmm. it was leaked from somewhere from the draft, but he got a text first. Wasn't me. And just said quarterback. And he was like, okay, so I stood up and I went back and I poured myself about four fingers uh, and I sat back down because I knew this would be a night where my phone was going to be blowing up all night long. Uh, But he handled it incredibly well. Um, I like that he just went quiet after the draft and he's like, I'm just I'm just not going to like feed into it. I'm just going to kind of disappear. I'm just kind of going to go into my my isolation bunker um handled it incredibly well the interview was great he was like business is business i know what's going on here i know they're gonna move on basically so he's acknowledging it they're not just drafting his backup they're drafting his replacement and he knows that that's the case in green bay it's just a matter of when all right so let's see i don't want to spend too long here but i feel like we kind of have to we kind of let's start with rogers and then we'll talk love okay 36 years old uh-huh. He, will, he will be 37 at the end of this season, which is pretty old. It's getting up there. 
and he's dealt with some injuries in his career. Yep. However, the the fall off age for quarterbacks is certainly being pushed higher and higher by the day. Now, so okay, let's say that by the end of his time in Green Bay, which we've said is 2022, he's 38 at that point, and he doesn't go and get another job. Although he potentially could. Look what Tom Brady just did at 42. That, okay, it's crazy. But let's assume that he doesn't. So we're getting two or three more years of Rodgers. What do you want from him in Dynasty? What are you valuing him at in Dynasty? In Dynasty, because I tend to only play two to three year window. Um, if I'm in a rebuild, I'm probably holding. Because I don't think that he has the value based on what we saw from a fantasy production standpoint mm. last year for you to get enough in return to justify it. Ooh. Because I think that last year is Aaron Rodgers' floor. Mm. I think that we see a little bit of a bounce back this year. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sell him low, even though I'm rebuilding. Like I'd sell other assets first, keep Rodgers, maybe try to get another quarterback above him in the rankings, come in with a Carson Wentz or something like that to slot in above Aaron Rodgers. Um, I would love that in a rebuild, but I don't think that you're going to get enough to justify it because everyone's looking at the age, at the Jordan Love signing, at the production last year. It doesn't make sense to sell him at this point. If you've got Aaron Rodgers on your fantasy team, you're probably just riding that into the sunset. Like that's probably what's going to happen at this point from a dynasty perspective. I have him on a couple. I'm probably just going to ride it out. I must say, I have heard you say quite a lot of things on this podcast over the months, and I feel like that is one of the best and most intelligent takes you've ever had. Thank you, sir. I love that take because I fully agree that Aaron Rodgers just had a down and potentially, as you said, floor season. If he bounces back in a strong way this year, you're going to be able to sell him for a whole round higher pick at least Easily. or a, a quarterback five to ten spots higher in ranking. So, And, by the way... Even in a rebuild, you're you're not taking five years to rebuild. You're mm. trying to take one to two years to rebuild. And that means you could even have him as your starting quarterback in a few years when your team is ready to compete. Exactly. So, I love that. And, it, by the way, if you are a contender, I love me some Aaron Rodgers. He is a QB1 in Dynasty for me, regardless of what situation you're in. But uh, I, I think he's in the top ten, certainly, if you're looking to compete for right now. So, that... The, Listen, we just covered everything you need to know about Aaron Rodgers in the most intelligent way I've ever heard. Mm, Brilliant. Same. Agreed. Now, Jordan Love. What are you doing with Jordan Love? Are you Jordan- uh, <laughs> if you are you going out and trying to get him right now? Are you just waiting for him to sit for a couple of years and then buying him after everybody's forgotten? Um, probably that, to be honest. Okay. Because it's not gonna happen this year. I don't think it happens next year. You've got some time to buy him. Wait until you've got a whole new crop of rookies next year fill in people's radar and then go out and be like, eh, I'll toss you a third for him. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Post-2021, because here's the thing. If you do it post-2022, wait. No, post-2020 is what I'm trying to say. If you do it post-2021, everybody knows it's time to be Jordan Love season. His price is up. But if you do it post this season, after a season of sitting and he's not starting the near, the next year, nobody cares. Everybody's forgotten about him. Go get him then. That's like, when his price might be He's lowest. a perfect January or February target this yes. next year. Right before Big the facts. draft, right when people are looking at incoming rookies, right when people are starting to get amped up for draft season. 
that's when you go out and you get you some Jordan Love. And as a note, by the way, because we didn't really hit on it, as a prospect, yeah. very high ceiling, very low floor. Yeah. Not 20, one of the super polished guys. 2018 was so much better than 2019 for him. Um, uber athletic, very physically gifted. Every once in a while makes one of those throws where you're like, how the hell did he do that? But Drew then he makes some Patrick Mahomes upside type comparisons. Some poor man's Patrick Mahomes uh, yes. was the the talk around the uh, the combine. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's some upside there. Wait until people forget about him and go get him for cheap. Alrighty, let's move on to running back where we had a similar sort of situation happen. Son of. Yeah, I don't listen. We I think we can all agree, and maybe should have said at the top that the Packers draft was the worst the of worst. all thirty-two teams. The it was worst, doo-doo, especially for fantasy. Um, incumbent veteran, elite yes. fantasy asset in Thank Aaron you. Jones, coming off a number two finish, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Two. Yep. RB two behind Christian McCaffrey. I'll bite by a large amount because it's freaking Christian McCaffrey, but still, and would have been behind Saquon season. if Saquon wasn't hurt. But yeah, RB three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a vast number of touchdowns. I want to say it was 19. 17 or 19 scrimmage touchdowns off the top of my head. I thought it was 18, um, but Massive season. And then the Packers go out, much like they did with Jordan Love, and draft A.J. Dillon. 250-pound A.J. Dillon. Yes. Uh, second round, back of the second round as well. So maybe we can take a little bit of solace in that. A lot of talk that... Uh, Matt LaFleur is going out and trying to get him a new Derrick Henry. Oh, total FOMO draft pick. That's exactly what that was. He was the uh, offensive coordinator for the Titans and didn't properly use Derrick Henry. Tried to make Dion Lewis a thing. Yes. And now he went out and got a six foot, 247 pound running back out of Boston College in A.J. Dillon. You are not an A.J. Dillon fan. Uh, I. Is that correct? I think that he was very mediocre. I didn't hate his film, uh, Thick Freakness, okay. with three Cs. True. Um, I love me some Thick Freakness. Um, very explosive. His combine measurables for what he did, like in the broad jump, in the vert. Uh, man, crazy. Like, for being that big and to have that much explosiveness is, is pretty pretty electric. 41 inch vert yeah. for a 250 pound person that's like a that basket that's a basketball player vert not a football player yeah. vert um it was it was impressive that he did that but his lateral agility sucks like he's not gonna make anyone miss side to side he's just gonna try and run them over um, truck em. truck stick all day long forget about the b button you don't need it um that's what thick freakness is I think it's not going to take very long for them to realize that Aaron Jones is the far superior running back on that team. I don't know how stubborn they're going to be with trying to give A.J. Dillon some touches, but I'm looking at this as an opportunity to buy Aaron Jones low is basically the way that I see it. Because I think that he's far and away the best running back on that team. Incredibly explosive, um, incredibly talented. Uh, Led the NFL in rushing yards per attempt up the middle last season. Not Derrick Henry, not Zeke. Mm. No, it was Aaron Jones who's elite between the tackles, which people don't think that he is. He is. So I think this is a great buy-low window on Aaron Jones who's going to return some great value. Now, he is in a contract year, I believe. 
Yes, that is correct. Um, so you've only got this one year. I would love for an extension to happen so that I felt good about the long term. Um, but I think that his talent has proven to be what it is. And I think that he's someone that is a safe dynasty asset, even if he does change teams uh, after yeah. this offseason. Here's one thing I'll say about that, too. Aaron Jones is a fifth round pick. And even after last season, which, you know what, let me just confirm. It was 19 touchdowns, 19 scrimmage touchdowns, which led the NFL. He's not getting talked about with the elite running backs at all. So I don't think that the the Packers are going to have to. And by the way, maybe they even should relative to the other guys, although you shouldn't pay running back anyways. But I don't think they're going to have to pay this guy 12, 13, 14 million dollars. No, I bet they could probably get it done on like a nine mil a year, two year contract. I was going like to say nine and a half, ten. Yep, a hundred percent. And if That's they can do that value. to get a guy who had nineteen touchdowns last year, and I fully expect can get twelve, fifteen mm-hmm. this year, they're going to do that. And if they do that, you're going to feel great about Aaron Jones and Dynasty. Get mm-hmm. AJ Dillon out of my face. Aaron Jones is the much more well rounded running back and yep. is already proven. I love getting him in Dynasty right now. I agree. If you can get him. I don't know what the, I don't know why the, the the price might be interesting because of the AJ Dillon pick. I think I need to go do a little prodding research on this. Yes, with my with my league mates and figure. I out I might have what to send is. out some offers wherever I don't have Aaron Jones and see what it takes. Same, but I would one hundred percent give a first for him. Uh, probably a little bit more than that. So, yes, yeah, please. I would too. Easily. Okay. Uh, any interest in Jamal Williams? Nope. Okay, let's move on then. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's uh, see the wide receiver position last because it it is a uh, it is a thing. It is quickly. A thing. We'll hit on the tight end position because it takes about two seconds. Jay Sternberger. Yep. Um, Texas A and M product. Yeah. Any interest? Yeah, I'm kind of in. Um, deep stash. Deep stash. Um, okay. Potential minor breakout candidate this year. Not like major, major, but I do think that he's going to be fantasy relevant this season. And for what it takes to finish as a back end tight end one, which is not Mm -hmm. much, he could be someone that sneaks his way into that conversation where he's five, 600 yards on the season kind of touchdown dependent tight end one streaming option. Like I'm not saying that he's going to be this year's Mark Andrews. Not no, no, but I think that he is interesting from a long-term perspective in dynasty. Um, and I think that he finds himself in a situation where he's the clear cut guy. Um, and he is very athletic. He's very good after the catch. So I think that Jace is intriguing. Okay. Yeah. I actually like that a lot. Um, uh, he is a guy who you can stash for a much lower price than a yep. lot of the other young stashes like the John U. Smiths and even Ian Thomases of the world. Agreed. You can stash Sternberger for a, a round or two less expensive uh, in, as, as far as trading a pick for him. And I actually did like him as a prospect. Yeah. And listen, for reasons we're about to discuss... There is a lot of potential target share in this yes, offense, <laughs> and the quarterback is very capable of throwing a lot of touchdowns. So, 
I really like that, actually, the, the call that he could even break out this year. And even if he doesn't, I think he does have a future where he could be a tight end one. So if you you can get him probably for a fourth or a fifth at this point. So go ahead and try to do it. Um, now, as for that reason, uh-huh. the worst part of the Packers' whole draft was not getting a uh, upside quarterback to back up their, their older veteran quarterback. It was not getting a pounder potential goal line running back to maybe fill in for some some parts of carries with Aaron Jones. No. It was drafting no wide receivers. Goose egg. Not a one. Not a, a single donut. one. I don't even know what to make of this. This was the worst thing I've ever seen. They have a elite veteran quarterback in his aging years. They have a great defense and a good running back. All they needed to do to they go have from a stud NFC, wide receiver one. Yes, all they needed to go do to go from NFC Championship game losers to Super Bowl winners, in my opinion, was a great young wide receiver. Yep, and they got zero of them. None, not a one. So instead, after Devonte Adams, we have Alan Lazard, the uh, opted out Devin Funchess. Oh, hold on, and we have we have one other to discuss. Equinamius Tristan Emotep J. St. Brown. <laughs> True. Love um, me some Equinamius. Yeah, this is a hot mess. Let's quickly hit on Devontae Adams, and then we'll talk about whether you like any of these other guys for Dynasty. Devontae Adams is uh, a, ty- a wide receiver one or two in Dynasty. Oh, one. Are you kidding? Okay. He's, top, he's top five. Yeah. No, 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 no. I meant the wide receiver. Oh, thank you. I was like, excuse me. I'm what? <laughs> no, um, no, no. no, for for me in Michael Dynasty, Thomas, Adams. For me in Dynasty, he's my three. I've got Tyree Kill above him. That's right. I do as well. So I baited myself with that question. Baited yourself. Um. um yeah. A master baiter. But huh. um. <laughs> but yeah. No, he's a stud. He's absolutely elite. Touchdown upside's incredible. Um. The, the growth that he's gone through in his career has, has been mm. absolutely insane. Went from such, like, reception perception is my favorite thing to look at for him because um, uh, Harmon just put out a tweet, uh, I think like a week or two ago, about this in particular. And he was like, in his rookie season, he had like a 60-something percent win rate against man coverage. And last year, it was in the 90s. Like, the wow, wow. growth that he's done over the course of his career, the work that he's put in to make him an elite, polished, well-rounded wide receiver has been absolutely incredible. Yeah, he's uh, he's very good. He's good. Um, Only scored five touchdowns last season. He did miss four games. But if yeah. you just look at the last four seasons in Before total, that, which is where oh, he yeah. broke out, this guy, his seasonal average is 11 receiving touchdowns, which, as yeah. a reminder, was the lead-leaguing number. Lead-leaguing? League, league leading. leading. <laughs> Thank you. League <laughs> leading number last year. Listen, man, English is a very hard language, okay? It is. Um, moving on from him, because we all agree he's a beast and Stop. top three in Dynasty. Uh, sell everything, including your house and your dog, to get him. Yeah. Not your dog. That's pretty precious. But the house can go. I don't know. Um, he's an idiot. Maybe. <laughs> uh, after Adams, what are you doing? Are you so, doing anything? Yeah, after Adams, in terms of dynasty, um, I think the flavor of the month right now is Alan Lazard, who's a big Indeed. body. Uh, I think he's 6'5", if I remember correctly offhand. He's tall. Um, 
he had some very promising flashes last year. Rodgers has kind of talked him up. But remember, uh, Equinamia St. Brown two years ago was kind of being discussed in that, is this the new wide receiver two mold? And then he was hurt a lot of last year. So to me, Equinamia St. Brown is free. Like he's completely free right now. No one is talking about him. He's going in the 20 plus round range in terms of startups. Um, I'll take that. I'll take that gamble on a guy that oh is also six foot five. He's also a big body wide receiver. So Equinemius St. Brown is someone that I've been kind of noodling on over this last week or so. Um, you might have seen me put out some some tweets uh, needing information about why he and his two brothers are all named after Egyptian gods. I, I would love the backstory there. Actually, yes. I found out that there is a story on Sports Illustrated that someone linked to me in a comment. And I'm like, oh, thank you. So I'm going to go read that tonight when we're done here. Because um, I'm so curious about that family and, and all that. Amon Ra St. Brown, by the way, out of USC is a bona fide stud. Like, I love that prospect. Mm. He's going to be fun to watch coming up. But I think that Equinemius St. Brown could really have a role in this offense, and he's free. I'll go give a rookie third for Equinemius St. Brown. I'll take him in a startup at round 20-ish. Sure, why not? The opportunity's there. If he beats out Alan Lazard for the wide receiver two, there might actually be a viable wide receiver two in the Packers offense for the first time in like three years. Um, I don't hate it at all. Um, I actually, Alan Lazard is, uh, one of the players that we had in at the NFL network, um, at the end of last season around draft time to talk nice. about that whole situation because he was undrafted mm-hmm. and he is six foot five, two twenty seven. You would Big think boy. he would be, uh, yeah, you would think he would be a very intimidating, beastly person. I kind of got, and I hope he's not listening to this podcast. Sorry, Alan. I guarantee I kind of got okay. this vibe that, no, that he is not a dog. Yeah. As our good friend of the show, Mo, in the Slack chat likes to say. That he does not give me that vibe at all. For someone who is 6'5", 227, and can run a 4'5", 40, which he did, yeah. I don't, he should be dominating corners. Yeah, and you would think. I don't, like, he was fine last year. He had some interesting flashes. I think he's going to be a guy who every season has a game where he scores two touchdowns yep. or uh, makes a, a a big catch in the end zone one time and looks good and we remember him. But I don't think he's going to be a guy who becomes a consistent wide receiver two for fantasy. I think his quote-unquote, air quote, breakout game last year was against Oakland. If I remember correctly, it might have been against that is Oakland. not super... Uh, encouraging now las vegas and they are a trash secondary so yeah i agree with you um i don't know that i don't know that he's got it he's an undrafted free agent doesn't have that mentality Uh, with that physical skill set you should be demolishing every single corner in the nfl you should be able to line up against linebackers and go to work you should be able to take on most strong safeties and go to work so the fact that he's not yeah, it kind of tells you something. So, yeah, yeah, I'll go get Equinemius St. Brown for free. Thanks. Um, slightly less free than Equinemius St. Brown is probably Marquez Valdez-Scanling because he's actually done some stuff at the NFL level. Uh-huh. He's entering year three. Maybe he has an actual breakout. He's been in the four to 500 yard range each of his first two seasons and has only scored two touchdowns in each of those seasons. 
Is he someone you're maybe buying for third as well if you can get it? Nah. Okay. I'm just not in. Well, I, there you I'm, go. I'm not an MVS guy. I'd rather go with uh, with Equinemius St. Brown. All right. Well, I was a Geronimo, Geronimo Allison guy out of this whole hey, thing. He's go. gone now. So, yeah, this whole receiving core is a mess behind Mr. Devontae. Maybe yes. they get their ish together and draft one next year, but after what we saw this year, I can't even trust that. No, and, and honestly, next year's wide receiver core is incredibly good and deep. So here's hoping that they decide to uh, to throw something in there. But I don't know. Maybe they're just uh, trying to set Aaron Rodgers up for failure so that they can move on. There you go. Um, well, that is it. Uh, we have officially crested, actually, technically not. On our live stream recording, we have crested a minute or an hour and 30, uh-huh. uh, the full hour and a half. But in our actual recording, we're just now hitting an hour 29. I am looking. So I feel like we should vamp for a minute yeah, let's just, just keep so it. that we can say yeah, 45 we went seconds. to an hour and a half. 45 seconds. Um, Betts will be really happy with us, by the way. Yes, I know. When he, he opens so his proud. podcast app and texts us and goes, you idiots went for an hour Which, and a half without me. For the, the listeners, we actually did get a text from Betts on the last episode. What do you mean you guys went to an hour and 20 minutes? <laughs> well, we've upped the ante, Betts. An hour 30. Love if we it. stay at this rate, the next one will be an hour 40 at least. And that's going to be um, the AFC North, which has more to talk about than the NFC North. Indeed, a lot of interesting stuff in the AFC North, including the number one overall pick. Um, all right, yes. that's the NFC North. Thank yeah. you for listening to the Red Shirts Dynasty podcast. Uh, check out everything on Ball Blast Football. We are a Ball Blast Football production, in case you didn't know that. Uh-huh. And uh, you should check out the site, ballblastfootball.com. You should check out the Ball Blast podcast. Great stuff on both of those platforms. If you're not already subscribed to the Retro's Dynasty podcast, which I'm guessing you are because you're listening, you should do that. And you know what? If you've made it this far, an hour and a half, and you haven't left a rating and review, I don't even know what you're doing. Because you've put that much time and effort into listening to us, <laughs> I think you can put in another two if minutes. You, if, you're an hour and half, you guys. if you're an hour and a half into this thing and you're not in our Patreon, you are exactly... The kind of diehard degenerate yes. that we want in our Patreon. Please. Get in there. Get in there and talk with us in the Slack channel. Uh, thank you for bearing with us this long. People whose ear holes we are still in. To everybody else who left half an hour ago, as you probably should have, uh, good on you. Uh, until next time, when we go two hours, uh-huh. we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.